When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really, really well. You know why? Why? You have air conditioning? I, yes. That is definitely <laughs> one of the reasons. Uh, I'm keeping it like a little ice box in here. Um, yes. Even though you've turned on this light. Oh, yes. You've ruined this the harsh moodiness. light. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm doing really, really great because uh, we... We've had, you know, we're just having a good time right now. You know, Fright School, we're just doing all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, I think we should take a moment to recognize, like, we've gotten so many new subscribers lately. And our Instagram and Facebook are getting more people on them. And I just, I just, I'm in such a state of gratitude. Hashtag blessed. (laughs) Blessed. Uh, that people are listening to us, and it, it means so much, dear listener, as, as you sit here listening to us right now. I want you to know that I'm so grateful for you and so thankful that you continue to show up. And uh, if, you, if, you really, if you're liking what you're hearing, please, please make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're rating us. Uh, we, really, we really need some good ratings. Um, uh, also, you know, follow us on Fright School at Fright School on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. We got lots of we got memes. We got memes, horror memes for days for you uh, to to spread to your loved ones and infect them with the horror sickness. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to take a moment to say that. Like I'm, I, I just, I just love it. I love it so much, and I love that we're, you know, we keep doing this, right, Joe? This is such a love fest. It it's is. so rare that you know. People listen to two queers, so (laughs) we appreciate all of you who are listening to us. Can I tell you? So, (laughs) speaking of who's listening now, my brother Cody, who who I just went to the wedding with, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, he started listening to us, and so he's like sending me things, like on you know on Facebook or on you know on the messenger, you know, like comments, and I just have to keep saying anything you hear on the show, like uh, all. opinions (laughs) opinions <laughs> what is that like that um a disclaimer right like a, a disclaimer like a i'm like you know all opinions and perspectives are those of of my own <laughs> <laughs> and are not those of fright school the podcast they're not ref- they might not be reflective of uh your own memories of of shit no <laughs> he's my youngest brother so sometimes you know we have discrepancies in memory i worry um <laughs> have, he hasn't listened to you recount the tale of you almost passing out not yet i think joke. he went to the the very beginning so oh. he's been listening he's like listening in order you know so i'm just like remember that our relationship kind of repaired throughout <laughs> you know and we started this about four years ago so you know before we were on the mend so anything you hear that uh negatively affects you <laughs> just uh, just keep in mind it was a long time ago and i may not hold those opinions anymore i uh, <laughs> I wonder if anyone of my family listens because everyone knows that I have a podcast, but I think it's one of those what it is or how they don't know what it is. Exactly. I had a lot of that too. I'm like, oh, okay. What's that? What's that? Um, yeah, so I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, I, I mean, I stand by everything I say, and they again, <gasps> yeah, 100. percent There are, yeah. they are our opinions, yeah. and you know, 100. percent Yeah, yeah, I keep making the mistake of going, what's on Spotify? <laughs> and like, oh, really? I'll listen right now. I'm like, no, don't do that. Uh, let me get away. Uh, let yeah. me get back on the flight. I mean, well, like, sub- subscribe, <laughs> yes, and yeah, then yeah. listen later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, exactly. <laughs> but you know. Uh, which yeah, again, we're on Spotify, y'all, and iTunes, and coming to Google Play. Yeah, we're coming, we're making we're making our strides to Google Play. We will release. We will have a press release when we get on Google Play. Finally, Luminary. Um, there are. I I've I've said this to the creeps, and uh, that um, 
in you know as a young gay man um i i do young <laughs> fuck you <laughs> Bitch, you older than me. So I, hey, I've been dead for years now. So don't worry. I know. I know it. Go ahead. As a young, as, as a young, queer as person. a young, quote, uh, gay, uh, gay homosexual. Um, I am. Uh, I I do online date right uh, occasionally, and by date, you know, date is very loose. Right. It's a very loose. It's a very loose yes, term. Yes. Yes. Um, and there, I have been very honest about like my podcasting, and yeah. so. I will say that there are probably a handful of uh, lovely, handsome gentlemen that um, are listening to this show yeah. because I've met them on an app or a site of something. So nice! Shout out to shout all, out to them. Shout out to them. Yeah, I won't okay. say how many. I, I I'm not like right. you know I'm not Wilt Chamberlain or anything. So you know right. it's it's I very small. A, put a list. I can count yeah, on one hand. Oh, good. Uh huh. <laughs> one hand. That's yes, convenient. Ju- just the one hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, often it's well, just me and Anyway, hand. I love your dedication to getting listeners, Joe. You'll do anything. <laughs> you know, you're out there yes. just working those five fingers to the bone. Exactly. To the <laughs> fucking bone <laughs> to get listeners. And I appreciate it. <clears throat> and so do the anonymous fellas. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I love that. You should, yeah, just advertise any way you can. We do what we have to do. We are artists, and we do what we have to do. Exactly. It's all about that hustle, yeah. that artiste hustle. That artiste Speaking hustle. Speaking of uh, artiste, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know where I was going with this. Um, <laughs> usually you ask the question, are you watching anything? Oh. <laughs> so right. I wanted to ask the question. Uh, you know, I just today, this morning, finished a rewatch of American Horror Story po- Apocalypse. I just rewatched oh, the last season. Okay. Uh, just for fun, because the new season is coming up. We're just like a week or two away by the, you know, when this comes out. Um, so I'm planning my party, getting ready for it. Yes, can't wait. Yes, it's going to be so much fun, I think. I hope. Uh, <laughs> right now, I'm trying to find, I saw online somewhere like fake, uh, like a fake campfire. Yeah, so, I want to. I'm trying to set the living room up, like you know, kind of around the campfire, and I'm planning, you know, all of this like you know, pretentious campfire food, you know, doing like um, uh, s'mores, cheesecake pops, and oh my god, um, <laughs> I want to do like some deli- like some kind of like fancy mac and cheese and little slider burgers, you know, things that you would have at a campfire. Like a ween- are you gonna do wieners? Are you yes, do weenie some roast? weenie roasts, exactly. But you know, just a little, just. Just elevate it a little bit, you know. Just turn the volume up, like Ina says. You know, just turn the volume up. Are you uh, going to use some good chocolate? I am going to use some good chocolate. A squeeze of lemon juice, probably. You know, just to brighten it. Is that what? <laughs> That's what she always said. <laughs> squeeze uh, the lemon juice to yeah. brighten it up. A little yeah. Florida cell. It just, it just turns the volume up. Just turns the volume up. Are you going to get Tr to do the flowers? Uh, <laughs> sure. Why not? Um, yeah, my friend, you know, who I owe a big favor to. Yes. <laughs> it's going to come in and do flowers. Uh, yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to turn the living room into like a campfire, you know, around the old campfire, you know, I'll torture people for 30 minutes with Kumbaya on my guitar. <laughs> uh, no, but I think we're going to show, uh, either Friday the 13th or sleepaway camp, probably sleepaway camp, okay. um, before the show, just cause I feel that's probably more American horror story. <laughs> than, Is sleepaway camp? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Than, you know, just, I don't know. It just seems a little bit more campy. Uh, yeah. So probably show that before and do some food and I'm trying to come up with some sort of signature drink. Uh, for the event, mm. something bug with, juice, right? Bug yeah. juice, uh, something with uh, probably some like whiskey, fireball whiskey. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that'd be yummy. Uh, we could do our flaming myrtles again. <laughs> we did for Coven. <laughs> for the Coven, uh, we had a finale party for that. Well, actually, I did both. We did a you know, so we had a flaming myrtle. Oh gosh, I remember that. Yeah, it was a good time. But anyways, so yeah, so I was rewatching that. What else? We watched the first episode of the new Dark Crystal Netflix series, uh, which they're still creepy. I'm still very unnerved by the whole thing, uh, but Jeffrey was really enjoying it, so we'll probably continue watching it, much to my chagrin. Your chagrin. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? Um, I think that's... That's it. I, I mean, school started again, so I've been real busy. I'm like buried in the books. And oh, you're booked, yeah. busy and blessed. Exactly, booked, busy and blessed. I like that hashtag. All of that. Yes. Hashtag. Uh, what about you? What have you been doing? Um, I've been watching Diagnosis on Netflix. 
Um, it's based on a New York Times magazine uh, series where this like doctor recounts people's symptoms of like very strange and weird diseases. And in the show, she puts basically their symptoms and their story online and then has the crowd uh, people submit videos thinking what they think the diagnosis is. And then she figures out, you know, based on like, um, based on like the information that she gets in the medical charts of the, of the patient. And then she takes like the two or three most viable answers and then they explore that. And it's very fascinating. This just seems to be encouraging like this, you know, web diagnosis, you know, I'm not sure how I feel about all of this. Well, like the people who are, <laughs> the people who are submitting videos, they saying, this sounds exactly like what my, what the it's, it's, you know, lay people like this is uh, what my son yeah, yeah, has, yeah. or this is what I have. Yeah. But then it's also like, medical researchers from like Kaiser, <laughs> like okay. the Kaiser neuro team. Well, yeah, or, they yeah. are. It's just, I know from like personal experience with like, you know, working like in the field, like people call up and, you know, I was looking online and stop right there. Yeah. Let me just stop you right there. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Get and, and off of WebMD. Well, that's the thing. Is and that come like in and see your doctor. It, it's one of those <laughs> things where they're, she's using the wisdom of a very informed crowd. Mm. Because it's, Okay. Because that it's, sounds interesting. It's very interesting because it's like these people who, these are people who are not finding any relief or uh, okay. any relief of their symptoms after having been to their doctors over like, the, over years sometimes. Okay. Like, there was one guy, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him and he was a patient of the Mayo Clinic. Uh, and like they have a possible diagnosis, but it's not confirmed. Okay. So like even yeah. then there's not any definitive answers. So it's all just, but it's one of those things where it's like upon further testing, this is a possible direction they can go in and then they're going to, you know, probably, Interesting. you know, I hope they recap what happens later, but yeah. Like yeah. a catching up, you know, yeah, like since we last saw, since we last saw, you know, Juan, when they, you know, whatever his name is. Whatever. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. But yes. Uh, yeah. Sounds. I don't know. Maybe I would watch that. There's some new show on TV too that's like live. It kind of sounds similar where they're like meeting with people that have these extremely rare medical disorders and. I don't know. Jeff, Jeff keeps turning the channel anytime it comes on because it freaks him out that people are doing this like live on television. It's um, like, hi, I have this. Um, blah, blah, yeah, blah, or blah. like they're searching for answers. It's like finding the cure or something live. I don't know. It, it keeps coming up. So, uh, but we're, I'm not going to watch that probably either. I don't know. Like, is that kind of like? Did you ever watch like Rescue Nine One One or like those ER shows? They um, were huge ER, in the yes. '90s, not ER, but like, but like the live. reality ones. Reality? No, I did not. Uh, okay, they it, like I grew up and we watched a lot of that when I was a kid, and I feel like it just gave me complexes. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm not interested in, like, you know what I mean? It's like yes, you have Munchausen's by proxy. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, th- that would probably just be. I, it would just be. What do you call that when you're? Um, oh gosh, what's the word? when you think you have disorders all the time. Oh, hypochondria. Hypochondria. Yes. You know, because that's like where the first, like I remember being like seven or eight and that was like on one of those kinds of shows like Rescue 911 or, you know, whatever it was. There was some other... On the Learning Channel or... No, I think it was just on like ABC or NBC or CBS, something like that. Like it was just a regular, because we never had cable growing up so it would have just been on regular television. And, you know, they would show these horrible stories about, you know, like I remember one where, you know, this kid was put in a bathtub of like extremely hot water and so he suffered all these burns and then there was like another one where you know people got poisoned by something so it's the whole like it's this whole story like you know kind of like reenactment and also you have like the people that were affected by it but that was the first time I saw somebody who had bitten been bitten by some kind of spider I don't remember if it was a black widow or a brown recluse and they had to like cut off parts of her face and parts of her like she was missing limbs I mean it was horrifying and like that's like the root of like my arachnophobia like I I think at least you know I just have like I can still like thinking about it right now, I can imagine that woman's face, like with the with the pieces missing because of the spider bite, because it had killed you know different parts of her, yeah, or whatever. Uh, so yeah, so I just don't, I don't know. <laughs> like you know, you read something, you go, well, I have that sometimes. Like is that is that is that what's going on? You know, and I just don't need any more of that. 
going on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, I got you. Uh, <laughs> I'm morbid enough. Yeah, you already have a very active yeah, and, you know, exactly. macabre imagination. Exactly. So it's fine. Uh, so he, let's get away from this subject because I have to get this woman's uh, face out of my head now. Um, <laughs> don't look this up, dear, dear listener, because it will haunt you too. Uh, let's talk about something else exciting we're doing. What's coming up, Joe? Well, I think we're revisiting one of our dear friends back uh, in high school. We uh, are. That's yeah. right. A dear, dear girlfriend who we love. Yes. Um, we're <laughs> we are going to see our good gal pal, our good Judy, uh, Miss One Miss Carrie White. That's right. We are um, we are pleased to announce here on the podcast for the first time uh, because. We haven't done it before, so it is the first time. I hate when I say stuff like that. Anyway, (laughs) we're pleased to announce on the podcast that we are partnering with um, a local theater company, Onstage Playhouse, uh, located in fabulous Chula Vista, California. Um, Has been there for decades, easily uh, easily 35-something years. And um, they... Uh, they're wanting, they're doing a production of Carrie the Musical. Yay! And so we reached out to them and we said, hey, can we do, uh, we're up, you know, we're Fright School, we've done Carrie, uh, we would love to uh, partner with you. So we are going to uh, host their opening night reception on September 27th. That's Friday, September 27th. Um, at Onstage Playhouse in Chula Vista, we are going to be hosting. Um, we're going to have champagne. I mean, obviously, it'll be you know, it'll be the prom that you never had. Exactly, prom. it's going to be the Fright School prom. Yes, Fright yes. School prom for Carrie. Yes, I'm making some pig's blood punch. Yes, uh, we'll have other little snackables. We'll have some cute little photo op opportunities. We'll have giveaways. Yes. Um, it is open to folks who buy a ticket for the opening night, so please get yes. your tickets. Uh, and be on the lookout for on our social media for a special deal coming through. Yes. Um, we have uh, that's coming through. I don't know what it is yet, but it will be coming. <laughs> It'll be in the show notes. We'll, we'll post all about it, and you'll, yes. you'll see it on all of our, our uh, web media. So I am, yes, I am very, very stoked for this one because I love Carrie, and uh, if you love Carrie, you can go back. It's episode 30 from season two. Uh, getting washed in the blood. Uh, so fun. Uh, uh, with yes. our, our whole original discussion on Carrie, and now we get to revisit that, you know, with the musical. And uh, I'm so excited because Carrie is sort of a, a Broadway legend, is one of the like, biggest flops. I think it only ran for like five performances. It was like 16 previews, five yeah, performances. Something like that. And then that was like in the 80s or 90s. 88. In yeah. 88, 88, in the late 80s. And then they, they had Betty Buckley. She played yeah. Margaret White. <laughs> yes. Who played Miss. Uh, um, the, the, the gym, gym teacher. teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always forget because in the book it's Desjardin, but I can't remember what they, they changed it in the movie, I think. But I don't... Anyways, not the point. Point is... Point is, and then they Betty revived Buckley it. Betty Buckley was in it. was still a flop. <laughs> and they revived it in 2012, which... Uh, and worked out some of the things, and it ended up having uh, bigger success in 2012. So this is... Yeah, it's like a the, cult phenomenon. Exactly. You know? And this is that production. Um, it was recently done on a season of Riverdale as the school musical for That's Riverdale. That's right. I keep meaning to watch that just for fun. Um, Riverdale, period. Miss Collins, that's what they named her in the in the movie. Betty Buckley, the gym teacher. Anyways, yeah, Riverdale. I've been meaning to watch that episode. I, I don't watch like Riverdale, but I think it'd be fun just to see. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're really excited because we want to, A, support local horror. Absolutely. Uh, emphasize. And, you know, we love Carrie. We've done we've done Carrie on the show. Carrie is very much a very queer text. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For, Carrie comes up a lot with people that talk about uh, the queerness of horror. Yeah. And so we're hoping to... Uh, to, um, you know, take after Margaret White and spread the gospel. Exactly, exactly. So please, if you are in the San Diego area or visiting or elsewhere from now until, when does it run through? November? Uh, it runs until like early November. Yeah. We'll post all of that, those information on the social soon. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're around, go and see it and uh, try to join us opening night for a fun, uh, yeah. for a fun little pre-prom yeah. party. We have a pre-prom party. <laughs> Yeah, so that's all the, the news that's currently fit to print, as they like to say, because it's the 20s. Uh, no, I have no idea what that was. It's uh, the, it's the, the slogan of the New York Times. <laughs> oh, whatever. All um, the news that's fit to print. All the news that's fit to print. Thank you. 
New York Times. Times. Um, (laughs) uh, Anyway, so we're so excited to, uh, when we come back from our break, we'll be joined back in the studio with the lovely Chelsea Stardust. I know you all ran out and saw Satanic Panic last week. Yeah. And you know, it was amazing. So, you know, keep sharing about it. Keep spreading the love for that. And we have her back in the studio uh, with us to, uh, well, actually in her house. That's right. Because it was the, the West Craven Mobile Memorial Library. Yes, yeah, so the Bookmobile. The Bookmobile. The West Craven Memorial uh, Bookmobile. But we, we had a really cool conversation about um, the awesome Catherine Bigelow directed Near Dark. So we will be right back with Chelsea. Yay. Yay. why I don't have sex. It's not because of my face or my general attitude towards human beings. The thing is that they don't refer to any of these things as murders, which is the most amazing part. It's always referred to as a disappearance. There's fucking blood filling the back of a truck. That was certainly nice of me, wasn't it? Huh? Same set as Castle. Um, what? Is that really? No, but I would believe it, actually. That wouldn't shock me. I can't imagine that there's a ton of castles that Charles Band has at his disposal. <laughs> that frog is going to bang Roddy Piper. Nope, she's just one horny toad. <laughs> Justin Lung just screamed that he's a fucking walrus for so long. He keeps yelling cuckoo ca and shit. It's weird. <laughs> Join me and Matt as we discuss some of the worst of horror every week on the Horror Movie Night Podcast. Listen at HMNPodcast.com. All right, welcome back. Uh, We are excited to once again be joined by special guest lecturer, Chelsea Stardust. Um, We're going to dive. Yes, hello. Hello. Hello again. We are going to take just a a bite out of 1987's Near Dark, Mm -hmm. directed by Catherine Bigelow. Oh, I see what you did there, a bite. It's (laughs) terrible. (laughs) Hashtag terrible, not punny. Um, But yes, Catherine Bigelow, uh, who is... Academy uh, Award... Winning, just all hail! Uh, yeah, her yes. I mean, list. It, I mean, it's insane. I just, have a picture of her up on my wall up there. I am obsessed with her. Have oh, you ever yes. Have you ever met her? I wish. I hope yeah. one day I get to because uh, there's so many things I want to talk to her about, and uh, she's maybe one of my favorite directors. Have you met any of the other women that you've talked about that have influenced you? Any heroes? Have you met any heroes? You no, know, I have. I haven't yet. Though, though, uh, there are some that follow me on social media, and when I discover that, I lose my. What? Oh my god! Just curious. I mean, I've met some of my heroes, and they've always lived up. Like I've been very yeah. lucky that they've all lived up to like awesome stuff. Like Cassandra Peterson is freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, Melissa Etheridge, obviously, is freaking awesome. Oh god, uh, you know, <laughs> so it's like you know, I've spent a lot of time like me like chatting with people that I yes. just saved me. You know, yeah. from oh, of my childhood. Yeah. You know, so it's it's awesome when they live up to that. So I was just wondering if you'd had that experience. So hopefully you do. Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> I'm so close. It's coming. It's yeah, coming. But um, and I have and of course I've met people that I I admire and and, yeah. and love. But she's she's one specifically that I would just love to talk to uh, about yeah. her journey because she's so incredible. And her work is incredible. Yeah. That is, uh, well, hopefully soon. Well, you, you have to tell us all about it when that because <laughs> it will. We'll put it out into the universe. So, yeah, so we are talking today about Near Dark, uh, which is a cool, you know, this came out in a time when, like, vampires were making a pretty big, like, comeback. Mm-hmm. You have The Lost Boys. Uh, awesome. Love yeah. that movie. Um, and so, real quick rundown of, of what it's about. If you have not seen it, uh, which, I mean, hopefully you have because we're going to spoil the shit out of it. Fix that right uh, now. So you have, press pause and go watch it. <laughs> so you have uh, Caleb is our protagonist for all intents and purposes, I guess. You're following him. Meets uh, May, who happens to be a vampire. She's part of a vampire family. And uh, she bites him. He turns into a vampire and, you know, hilarity ensues. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, kind of the quick rep. So uh, usually when we uh, do these... Uh, you know these these segments. Uh, we let Joe first talk about his initial reactions to seeing the movie because this was the first time you've seen Near Dark. Yes, first time I seen Near Dark. Uh, I was like, oh my gosh, it's Nathan Petrelli. <laughs> I was like, it's Nathan Petrelli, really a really young looking Nathan Petrelli. And then and then Bill Paxton. I'm like, oh my god, this all these people are in it. Um, I yeah, thought it's it was, like the whole cast of Aliens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was great. I thought it was. Um, it definitely has. Um, it has a similar. Uh, feel to uh, to Lost Boys, but the setting and just kind of like all of the stuff that's a, like all of the 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 things that are around the folks like where it, like 
what they're dealing with mm-hmm. and like the the Confederacy and all of that stuff. Like that added just like this Ill, um, little element of texture. Um, it kind of had this. Um, oh my God, what's the name of that film? Lone Star. I think it had. I think there's another with Matthew McConaughey. There's like a western with Sam Shepard. Like it has that kind of like film th- mm-hmm. that that texture of it a little bit. Yeah. And so I'm just. I, so that was interesting, but I, I love that. Like there, there is no mention of the word vampire the entire no. time. It's yeah. just it, they they follow the zombie movie trope on that yep. in that regard, and just to kind of see um, this like. Well, he, you know, the the fact when he's like, oh yeah, he they bit him, and now and now it's like, well, I guess we gotta, I guess we can't kill him, you know. It was it, it was it was like a it was a true blood thing before there was even true blood, yes, right? So, yes. but yeah, like I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I thought it was I thought it's fascinating that like it it took us a little bit to actually get a copy of it because it was just nowhere streaming. Oh. And, it, and because we, you know, I mean, we not even to purchase. Like yeah. I didn't even care no if it was free. Way. Like I just what? buy the yeah. nine ninety nine on Amazon. What is nope. This bullshit. Yeah, we had to like we had to message our friends in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, oh so they got God. a copy. They mailed us a copy, and yeah. you actually hunted down a friend. I had I had a friend who is also very gothy and spooky, and I just said, <laughs> and I was like, I just I was like, do do you have a copy of Near Dark? And he's like, oh yeah. Like I did a purge of all my horror films that I had duplicates of, and I saved all of the vampire ones because. I that that's just my that's my aesthetic and I'm like okay oh my so God. so we went from having no copies of Near Dark yes. to having two he had like just a regular DVD and then our friend uh, Marissa sent us this like beautiful yeah, really like, nice. collected yes. yeah that's what I got yeah <laughs> it was beautiful it was a nice uh, remaster yeah I mean I got really close to spending like fifty five dollars on it on Amazon Worth like it. you know Worth it. yeah because I, yeah. like, I mean I'm really horrified that I don't have a copy of it uh, so I'm gonna have to remedy that soon well hopefully it gets a, you know. It deserves much more attention than I think it gets. I think it gets overshadowed, you know, by yeah. by Lost Boys and what's the other big vampire movie in the eighties? It's, it's interesting you're having trouble finding it because I've noticed that I've had trouble with Catherine Bigelow's early work. Mm. So, like, well, Loveless is was hard to find, but it just came out on I think Arrow d- did a Blu-ray release of it. Uh, I just recently was looking for Blue Steel. Cannot find it fucking anywhere. Huh. Impossible. I just tried to find Strange Days, not streaming anywhere. I had to rent it from the VHS store. Like, her early work is very difficult to track down. None of it's on Blu-ray or DVD besides, like, Loveless just came out. But, yeah, it was very tricky. So... It's sad to hear that that one is also difficult. To yeah, find. I was shocked. I really thought I could just like hop in the Amazon and find it pretty easy. Because I mean, it's, I mean, you know, it's it's Catherine Bigelow. <laughs> like uh, you, yeah. you, you would expect yeah. that's some bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what? Um, so you know, when we reached out and said, you know, please, please come on our show, uh, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, what about Near Dark? Uh, why? Why Near Dark? Um, well, Catherine Bigelow is a uh, huge inspiration for, mm-hmm. for me as a filmmaker, and I've always loved her work, and uh, Near Dark is just one of my favorite vampire movies, um, and the cast is so incredible, mm-hmm. um, and also it's beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. The, the acting is incredible. This is like the, ac- the actor's movie. Like yeah. So fascinating, and it's beautifully written. Yeah, it's, it's way like, substance over style, you yes. know. I mean, and it has a lot of style, but there's deep, you know. Yes, um, and I also, and maybe it's because I also love like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's sweaty, yeah. Yes. Even though when they were shooting, it was very cold, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Uh, and and just the whole and it's a vampire. It's also part western, which I love. Mm-hmm. And it's a road uh, movie, vampire right? western. Yes. Yeah. And uh, there's also um, sort of a they show the parallels of Caleb's sort of night family and day family, mm-hmm. and uh, sort of the 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 two fathers. He has his night father and his his uh, day father too, and they have sort of a showdown later on in the film. But um, there are so many things. And of course the cast is amazing. Like yeah. it's such incredible performances. Uh, all the characters are, are so rich and there's no sort of throwaway in there. They're all so well-developed and, and uh, especially the, um, the motel scene and also the bar scene mm-hmm. uh, are just such, I, I was like, I hope I could, you know, direct scenes as amazing as this like in my career and they had um, to take that time with that bar scene like that yeah that's the last I, thing uh, they shot of the of the movie that's the last that was the last scene really and um that they shot and also they're, they're dealing with i think a third of the movie's magic hour and so that's you know that's like mm-hmm. 10 minutes you have to shoot a ton of that stuff um but uh but yeah that, that that scene is so incredible anyways i think it's such a 
beautifully made movie and it's I think it's so underrated because I think it does get overshadowed by Lost Boys even though Lost Boys is sort of like the comedic version of it and this there, there's so many it's like it's part western it's part horror it's a love story it's a family story um and there's so many little sub genres within it that that I I loved so much and I was like oh it it there, there's so much you can pack in this story. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, it has sort of my favorite type of vampire. Um, I'm not a big fan of, like, the aristocratic rich vampire, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, this kind yeah. of thing. Because it, it seems impractical to me because that's a lot to cover up, you know, with, like, the IRS, especially in the in the, in the <laughs> world we live in. I mean, just the practicality of being mm-hmm. a vampire, you know, of being, you know, immortal and having to figure out a way to, like, stay wealthy and uh, not suspected, yeah. you know. So I, I, I just, it's hard to to believe those kinds of worlds. Um, so I really like, have you ever read um, Poppy Z. Bright, uh, Lost Souls? Oh, no. Oh, I highly recommend okay. it. Because uh, it's a list. really, really <laughs> messed up, weird vampire story, but it's like they're nomadic, uh, kind uh, of uh-huh. like. Um, so you have that. You've like the Lost Boys, where they're sort of, a, of you know, pre- exactly thirty days of night. You know, they're predators. They're you know, they're proud of being predators. They're yeah. not. They're not spending their time you know crying over not being humans or yeah. you know over you know just the sadness and you know the, the hardness of being a uh, of being immortal. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's very practical. And this is a group. They're they're very they're filthy and they're living in this RV and they're. They're very on the edges of society and they're yeah. just having, they're scraping by, you know, they're not um, just rich and, bringing in, you know, victims this way. You yeah. Know? And that's a good, like, cause they're such a family unit. And also yeah. you have like, well, Jesse um, Lance Hendrickson's is the oldest and he's also with Diamondback, who's his partner. And then they have um, uh, Homer, who's uh, 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 Joshua Miller. And, you know, May is sort of his, uh, and then you have Severin, who's like the ultimate uh, vampire of the group, yeah. Because he lives he with no regret, no yeah. remorse. He loves what he does. Yeah. Um, he's totally committed, and even when he's and they all have their process of finding their prey. They, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a hitchhiker or picking up some girls, or obviously they, they use what they have. Use what they have, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but ultimately, like Jesse's always looking out for the family and like yeah. taking care of them. Um, and yes, they're traveling around. And I think that, um, I think they shot it in, maybe it was Coolidge. It looks, it's Phoenix ish, um, where they shot the movie, but that landscape is, I mean, they're able to get away with it because of the time. It's sort of like these small, smaller towns, um, and then coming in and the way they kill people, it's like, you wouldn't necessarily know it's a vampire. You know, he's using his severance, using spurs to cut their throats open and, uh, you know, or knives or whatever. So no one's going to be like, Oh yeah, there's puncture wounds or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they're just, they do what they got to do to survive. Yeah. You know, which I think is, uh, and what I think Homer's like a 40 year old or something trapped in this kid's body. Yeah. And, um, obviously when May is interested in Caleb and then he ends up, uh, uh, Homer ends up seeing, finding Sarah. He's like, okay, maybe she can be my replacement for May, you know? So, uh, but their, their process is really fascinating of how they, um, prey on people and, mm-hmm. um, get away with it. Yeah. Homer's whole thing of with the bike and acting mm-hmm. like he was hit or injured and having to lure someone in. Uh, yeah. it's kind of remind, we talked a little bit about Kirsten Dunn's character in Interview oh, with yes, the Vampire. Yes. Um, Oh shoot, her name just like it's not Camilla. What what is her name? Car- Claudia. 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 Yeah, um, and like the this like that his is like the most tragic character, like her being trapped forever as a child, especially as you age, which is kind of di- like you know we saw we watched Let the Right One In, but mm-hmm. she's kind of or they are sort of stunted, like yeah. trapped as a twelve year, not really yeah. thinking like I'm an adult, you know, so they don't play with. But I like when they do like in this movie play with like I'm trapped here yes. as a child yeah you know even though i'm aging and and continue to feel older and there's like this this really tragic yeah. uh sense of that even though he's you know a monster <laughs> just wants to eat people uh yeah you know. but but i mean that's you know when they bring that out in you that's the function of horror <laughs> you know, yeah being exactly in that position that gray grayness yeah so you started to say something oh no i i, I was just going to say that like with um uh, specifically what you said about like with children with mm-hmm. children vampires or anything I'm like that to me is just like terrifying because yeah. it's be, just because it's like there's it's a uh, it's transgressive because it's innocent but like they're turning them bloodthirsty yeah. and and um and it's it's fascinating too when you were talking about like the his day father versus mm-hmm. his night father and like you know how how Lance's character is like this like Fagin type person who yes, you know yes. we, I make the rules because uh-huh. I this is I've put you all together it's this is our protection but 
um, specifically with like how it is like unlike these really like super patrician type vampires that come from like have like uh, all of this inherited ancestral wealth or whatever mm-hmm. these are like people who are literally like it trapped behind like black blacked out glass and yes. like tin foil and all like they're racing against dawn to you know get to wherever they need to yeah. be yeah. like there's making ends meet yeah exactly it's like they're not only immortal they're immortal and they will never they will never die but they'll also never rest because yes. they're just con- constantly having to keep moving and moving yeah and like the beauty of that barroom scene um, is just that they're able to just take their time mm-hmm. in, with with everything that's going on there it's like you don't almost you almost don't realize how dangerous they are until that scene like Mm -hmm. collectively and and also the sort of cat and mouse of it all that they are just like especially severin's just gonna torture the shit out of these people and tease them and you know when he's like give him another all right pay the man yeah um and also him you know improving these uh what is it i uh i hate him when they ain't been shaved yeah yeah. you know like his (laughs) and the little things like like pack well, all the actors fucking own those roles, but yeah. Paxton, like the little things he does, like pulling the sunglasses off and putting them on. And um, and I love the sort of rules that the vampire, it's very different. There's no garlic. There's none of that crosses. There's none of that yeah, bullshit. Yeah. It's like they can get shot and yes, it affects them. But like when Lance Hendrickson gets shot, he spits up the bullet. Mm-hmm. You know, like those sort of the only real thing, it's like the when they have the showdown in the motel, these bullets are coming through and going through their bodies, but it's the sunlight that's affecting them. It's yeah. like that's the real. That's their only real enemy is that, and also having to feed. Like Caleb resisting to feed, and May giving him her lifeblood so he can live. Um, sort of sh- her sort of sacrificing that, and she's like, "You'll kill me if you drink too much." And because he just he won't kill, he can't wrap his brain around that. He's like, "I can't, I can't do it." And then of course he lets. Um, I think it's James Legros is the actor. Lets him go. And of course, that's when the cops end up coming after that yeah. because he just couldn't do it. And they're like, "You're not one of us. You're not yeah. one of us." Because that you Bonnie don't. and Clyde moment and the yep. motel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I made a note about like the reluctant male. You know, like he doesn't mm-hmm. want to do the dirty work of, of what it takes. You know, yeah. to 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 be part of the family and that she has to feed him. Like, you know, you're gonna die or yeah. yeah. You know, I just think is always a sort of an interesting thing, especially because typically males, you know, we're sold such like violence and you know we're mm-hmm. sent to war and you know we're supposed to be that way. Like we mm-hmm. shouldn't be nervous at the sight of blood, you know, but the shouldn't be sensitive. That, yeah, yeah. Be, yeah. Yep, so, yep. but his character very much is, and she's like, no, come on, dude. Like, That's what she likes about him too. Yeah, yeah. But like how it all starts though, when like, oh. uh, so like how it all starts <laughs> where, yes. you know, True. he's Let's very talk about it. Oh, so, so. Caleb is handsy. That's what I wrote. <laughs> there are some movies that like don't hold up and in that moment, because like this is the beginning of the film, right? So mm-hmm. the beginning of film, you have like, you know, also like young, Manic Pixie Dream Girl with an ice cream cone. Yep. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. I was just like, oh, we're we're really leaning into it. Um, Jenny Wright. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, also like Catherine Bigelow. Like, I remember, I remember being a young boy and being like somehow confused about the tits in Point Break. So you know, like when. <laughs> so it's just like, I mean, you know, I'm I'm queer as the day is long now, but you know, at that time I was like, oh, I've yeah, never yeah. seen that before. Um, but you have um in this moment where you have him like very like being very forward and mm-hmm. uh. Of being aggressive in her in his pursuit of May, and yep. then right when she's like, "I need to get home," and then he like stops the stops car, the car. Uh-huh. and he's like, "You uh-huh. know, I kit and basically give me a kiss." What do you say? Give me a kiss. It won't yeah, um, kiss me, and I'll take you home. Kiss, or whatever. Yeah, 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 something like that. And, and it's and I'm just like I'm just like oh my gosh, this doesn't hold up. This doesn't hold up. But it's such a reversal as yes. he progresses because it's like then you feel so sorry for him, but it's like you know if you had just taken her home, you probably would. <laughs> lived like exactly it's like here you are i mean like again it's one of those things where we talk about in horror where it's like you know you're kind of an asshole you're kind of an asshole and then you get and then what you get punished or your your recompense for that is like it doesn't it's dispro- it's so disproportionate that now we feel sorry for you when like how you got here is because you were such an ass well so, it's that's, that's something when i was watching i was thinking about that i was like man Fuck it. She and she's like, I need to go home. And you're going like, well, tell me why. Like, but he also has like such. I think that's playing to his like how naive he is and how mm. innocent he is. And I think they're trying to like play that up with like he's so taken by her because clearly she's not from around here. Like he knows yeah, right. immediately. Yeah. 
But um, I think she also is like, okay, well, I will play this. I can play this game right back. And when she, I will say their, their kiss in the car is like, I was watching it and I was like, man, that kiss is fucking hot. Like it is. It's hot. messy yeah. and it's sloppy. It's sloppy. And I was like, I know exactly. I was like, and she, I, yeah. taking it back to like memories of that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she's so overcome in this moment. It's like they never they don't have sex, but like her biting his neck, she's penetrating him. Right. And it's sort of like there's been so many times where it's like I'm making out with someone and it's so hot where I'm like, I want to fucking bite their neck like I want to taste their blood like crazy shit like that because you're so like overcome with this this sexual energy the intensity and it's sort of like she she's she penetrates him and he likes it and (laughs) and so and it's unexpected and it's unexpected yeah and he didn't and of course like then he's um finally taking her but yeah sort of like not not quite holding her hostage but it's like well I want to I'll take you home if you do this like this game they sort of play and she's like that's what you want. Okay. All right. Here's what happens. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I, I, this phrase is in my head just because I also saw Carl it recently. But like I'm the apex predator in this. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm the person. I have all the cards here. Like yeah. I, you are alive. You have no idea how much exactly. danger you're in. <laughs> you're alive because I deign that you live. Like yeah. I have the power here, and and I love that it's a woman courting a man. Like it's mm-hmm. like her turning him um, instead of the reverse. And also, I love that he's pretty much instantly infected. There's no mm-hmm. sort of waiting period. There's no like the, you know. You hurt, suck me, injury. I suck you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's instantly in, instantly infected and like has to deal with that. And I love, of course, I love the effects they use of like the smoke in the, yes. the smoke machine and the clothes because mm-hmm. that's like, there's only one, I think there's only one visual effect in the movie, which is the very end when, okay. when Homer's with on home. fire uh-huh. mm-hmm. because it wasn't working. The smoke machine, the, the, the machine wasn't working. There's something about the weather I was reading or something. Yeah. Yeah. Was there like, was something yeah, where it just, it just wasn't cooperating yeah. and, um, they had to, they, they had to do VFX, but I think that's so effective and, and how the burns look, I just think it's so, um, beautifully done and it's just, it's instant. And, and then they're like, okay, well we got to, you know, and the family's sort of upset because they're like, "We don't. Who is this guy? Like, wh- you got you yeah. got carried away, and now we have to yeah. <laughs> deal with that." And and like you know, I mean, if we want to if we want to take it there, right? If we want to if we want to take it take to, it there, Joe. If we want to take it there, I mean, like <laughs> he is now having to, you know, um, at that point when he realizes what's happened to him is like he is now having to live with the effects of being penetrated without his consent. Yes. You know, yes. but it's like a man who is doing that, uh, who a man who's having to live with that and, and what happens from that as opposed to, um, as opposed to like a woman and like she's there and like she actually really is infatuated with him, like yeah. really, really taken with him to the point where she like puts her own neck on the line. Yes. And it's just, and he's just still trying to figure out what's going on and no idea. And Yeah. And I think there is like uh, an element of love there where they really do care for each other but there's there's so like like the family is such this perfect killing machine it's like mm-hmm. it's primal it's survival it's animal instinct and then you know sort of thinking about the end of the movie like Caleb has this and again he can't he can't kill he's struggling with that but at the end of the movie it's like when he's confronted with that choice of like do I stay with May or do I basically night family versus day family and it's like as much as he loves her he will not like let his own sister be sacrificed or his father. It's like his family comes first. And also he realizes that he can't, he's like, I can't have both of these things. I can't have it. I can't be part of both worlds. And so, um, but this is the, well, maybe, I mean, I'm sure someone out there will call me out for this, but I I don't know if there's another movie where there's a cure. Mm -hmm. So it's like she, so I remember Catherine Bigelow talking about the, the, idea of the transfusion the blood transfusion is like bloodletting from Dra- Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know let's trying that out because usually there's not a cure like death is the cure it's forever or starvation or whatever but um the fact that it works and that all of a sudden Caleb is like can and then try he's back to hum- normal human again and wants then he takes May and turns her, yeah. but I. But it's because she's she's dying because she ends up sacrificing herself to save Sarah to save his sister at the end, and um, the whole family goes up. The, the Knight family blaze goes of up glory. And, yeah, a blaze of glory, and but he 
ends up turning her and I think he just turning her back to human and there's no conversation. He just, as far as we know, he just does it. And she, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. she wakes up yeah. and she's human. Well, again. she jumps at the sunlight, you know, exactly. when it comes in. So she clearly, and yeah. they, and they can have, then have a life together and then he can't have it all, but it's, it's a different, you know, version of that. And it's like, okay, well now I can't have everything, um, with her. And I actually, um, I don't know if you guys heard Catherine Bigelow talk about the there the alternate ending that they had to it. Do you know about that? Um, go ahead. I, so no. so so basically, they there was a conversation that they had that May you know wakes up. She's with Caleb and Sarah walks in his little sister, and she looks down and her hand and arm are burning. They're on fire because uh, she gets bit by Homer, but we don't see it because they're struggling in the car. Oh, and cool. so there's a world where Sarah's arm and hands start burning his little sister yes that's kind of like the so, ending of uh bordello of blood uh, uh-huh, with uh uh-huh. erica olaniac yes. where you don't know she's bitten and they, that's the twist right. at the end um yeah. i was gonna say they're uh, daybreakers uh, oh yeah they yes, cure yes, yes. it right. but that's they right. have to go through the fire that's right um but i was trying to think if there are others yeah because a lot of times like the transfusion thing is how you turn into a vampire exactly. you know yeah. like i think of um the lo- the last vampire series of books by christopher pike oh yes yeah. okay oh, God, yeah christopher pike yes. <sighs> i know love uh, love 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 uh I still read those books even though they're for teenagers, but they're good. Um, I love Sita. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of their thing where your blood has to overwhelm. So to, to have that be a way to cure, I thought was an interesting yeah. twist on, yeah. on the I, I didn't see a cure coming either. And for mm-hmm. me, I was, I was wanting her to almost be completely disappointed that she's cured uh-huh. at the end. Because it's like, <laughs> I wanted her to be like, I don't know how to, like, she kind of hints at it because she's like, I don't know, like, how to feel. I don't know. I forget what it is that she says to Caleb exactly. Yeah. But she says something along the line, and I wanted her just to take that because it's like, no, I've been living for God knows how long as this, like, apex predator. I am going to, you know, kill everyone, live as I, live as I want. And then you have... Like, I, I just, I, I was like, I was a little disappointed by that because I didn't want to have that happy ending. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to have mixed feelings about well, it. Well, we're not used to like that. Yeah. But yeah. that's why I said when she wakes up and she hugs him and, and I, we're sitting there, I'm like, yay, I get to grow old and die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It's like now. But, you know, who knows if she'd been living for a hundred years that way, maybe. The question is, would you want the transfusion? Would you want to be turned back human? Oh, I know you wouldn't. I, we've, we've, we've talked yeah, about we have. We've, we've talked about whether or not like you could uh, if we want to be a vampire and, and Joshua is very firmly well I would like to be immortal I'd like to be here when the sun goes out I'm very curious you same. know <laughs> like I feel the I, same I want to be here now do I necessarily want to have to you know kill babies or you know you know it's like like on American Horror Story with um, Marie Laveau Marie Laveau yeah yes. you know like yes. I'm willing to do a lot but I don't know yeah <laughs> I guess it depends on the deal <laughs> yeah that's I'm undecided I was like, <laughs> yeah I was like uh yeah, I would definitely like. Well, I'd be curious. I mean, I I love the sun. I love the heat. I'm like mm, maybe. I'd, but again, they're they still function in that. There's a way they make it work, and it's like again, like apex part. They're the ultimate. Yeah. Um, and it, functioning off of animal instinct, which I love, and it's just like mm-hmm. we will survive and do everything mm-hmm. it takes. Yeah. And I I think there's sort of a interesting. It's a little. There's so much of this that's very poetic, and the idea that that. Um, Jesse and Diamondback die together. Like they, yeah. they are together. They, yeah. they've been together. Well, they even like grabbed each other's hands. Yeah. Like right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and and um, uh, oh god, I'm 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 blank. Uh, oh yeah, she says fun times. Fun times. That's Diamond's back. Diamondback's last word. Fun times. I love uh, Jeanette Goldstein. I think is oh my who god, that is. Yes. And yes. I love after doing like Aliens, where she plays this like mega butch like woman. You know who? I, yeah. I'm not sure if she is. If they voice that she's. It's been a while since I've seen Aliens. It's coming up. We're gonna do it soon, so I can rewatch. But regardless, she reads that way. And then to be playing this character, like the way she dresses and her hair, it's, it's such a startling, like just yeah. a radically different uh, character. I want that harness with the with the knife. Oh my god! Oh yeah! Like, oh. In the back, just like. Oh man! Oh, and then like when she when she tells him, uh, you know, run, Caleb, run, and then just as an effort to like get him in the back, I'm like, come on, like you're playing with your food at this point. Uh, Exactly. That's (laughs) what it's it's so the cat and mouse of it all, like that, and sort of they set this sort of uh, uh, spider web, you know, to catch all these these flies. And I think, and also, um, I love. uh, Joshua Miller's character because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, he's sort of this old he's a old soul but also the like um, the usually unpredictable you just don't know what he's going to do he's yeah. the sort of one you don't really know what he's capable of and also with 
sort of revenge motivated in terms of with Sarah. And I also love um, River's Edge, which is, I think, had come out before. I think that's how they discovered him mm-hmm. was from off of River's Edge, I think. Um, but, and him like, you know, May is mine. Like he's so, he's a little threatened by mm-hmm. Caleb and Caleb's existence. And it's like, What's well, a way to get back at that? Exactly. Because you're also dealing with like, you know, a perpetual teenager mm-hmm. who, mm-hmm. who yep. doesn't mm-hmm. see beyond, who doesn't see beyond consequences and that, oh, we'll just, you know, he's a part of the family. Yeah. Um, one thing with, with, um, uh, where you see kind of like May's turn, right? So you see mm-hmm. May being from like, oh, we're a part of the family to not is when she comes back and actually sees him and it's like, you're warm. And it's like, yes. she, it's almost as if she discovers like there was a cure all along. I feel lied to. Yes. And now it's like, okay, well now she's able to turn on the family in that regard because mm-hmm. it's like, I could have been cured this entire time. I would have not had to commit all these murders. And yeah, but yeah. So it, that, that I thought was interesting as well. Cause you have that, you have that all of that reading in her face. It's just like, how are you warm? Like, what's going on? And yeah. and and again, because it's like a function of like this kind of outsider nature of their mm-hmm. family, where they yep. don't they don't know anyone beyond who they are or yep. beyond, beyond that. So there may there may have always been a cure, or you know, it just so happened that it just happened to work with him. But yeah, and I yeah. think and they're very particular about who becomes part of the family. And mm-hmm. I think May, you know, from. And maybe when we first meet her, she's looking for a way out or she's looking for companionship because obviously yeah. like it's not going to be in Homer and Severin is uh, his, his own thing, like machine basically that Severin is. And it's sort of like she's feels like she's on the looking for companionship or on the fence because you wouldn't talk to and or if she's looking for companionship when she meets him, she's like, oh, maybe he could potentially be part of this. But then when he refuses to kill, she's like, well, that's what you have to do. And they all recognize it. The family knows that he's not a part of this. And of course he, he ends up proving himself to them when he goes out and gets the van, when they're stuck in the motel and is almost sacrifices himself, himself to save the family. And they're like, you're, you know, when they're like, you're all right, kid. And then, of course, all the things in the motel go down, and they're like, he's like, I'm not going like to... He remembers, oh, I have a family, sort yeah. of like with Michael and the Lost Boys. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I will not... Um, they... I will not like, yeah. lose my family, like my, my day, the day yeah. family, to this. They were ne- He was never going to be part of that family. Exactly. No matter how much... They, they knew at that moment where it's like, well, you know, I guess it's not. Yeah. Um, very Oliver Twist, you know, um, Jesse's Fagan, you have uh, the Dodger yes. is May and all that. Oh, but, totally. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was also in my notes, um, I talked about the score, mm-hmm. uh, cause Tangerine, Tangerine Dream, Dream. <laughs> and I'm like, Risky Business is like one of my favorite movies. So I'm, I'm obsessed with like all Tangerine Dream scores. And I thought this score is so beautiful. Um, and also the cinematography in this, which, um, it's Adam Greenberg who did Terminator mm-hmm. one and two. So what you see in there and also Sphere and, you know, all these James Cameron <laughs> influence there. <laughs> Um, and then also that, so Catherine Bigelow and Eric Red wrote the screenplay together, but Eric Red I was looking at the timeline and had just done The Hitcher. I think The Hitcher had just come out, and this was his movie after mm-hmm. that. And Catherine ended up doing, she had done Loveless, but she did Blue Steel after Near Dark. That's timeline's correct. Um, but I was also listening, because I, of course, like obsessed with reading about it and hearing her commentaries and everything. Yeah. But she talked about, they wrote it on spec, and it was their only way for they they wanted to have control over her directing mm-hmm. and like event originally the production company or it was the production company or the studio i don't want to misspeak but didn't want her to direct it and this was the way to make sure she did she was like no no this movie if you want this movie made i direct it like she but the fact that they were like no we don't want you to do it like the, it just was like nope yeah. and she said the only way it would get made the way she wanted was if she was like, nope, if you want me to do this, I direct it. And yeah. then eventually let her do that, which I was like. Badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. fuck, that's amazing. Yeah. Ugh, cool. Well, thing. that's the thing. I mean, in, the, in this type of business, you have to, you know, if you don't believe in yourself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, you got to exactly. show up for, you know, like, all right, fine. I'll take it somewhere else. We'll figure yeah. it out. Um, yeah, that's, that's gutsy. <laughs> yeah. And it's just such a for me like I just find it to be so beautiful and so poetic and just gorgeous and also these beautiful nights like the Mm -hmm. wet streets like the carpenter like wet streets that I love and the night lighting which is not easy to do no not Um, in that time no 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 
And Especially because they were probably shooting, what, in 86, maybe even? Oh, yeah, it would have been 86. released in 87. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, it's not like we had <laughs> a lot of the things we have available to us now. Yeah, and, of course, this the, the cast, the, the little nuances all the actors bring. And and, and um, I think I also heard her talk about um, she specific, I think she had the cast do um, t- timed them on blacking out things so she'd yeah, give yeah. them everything and be like okay you got to black out how fast can you do it and and so they could work together as a unit like how fast does the can the family the night family black out a warehouse or black out a house or a car or whatever um and then you know people finding their roles of like this is what you do this is what you do this is as little tests yeah. i thought was like great little like team building things yeah it's like a military like, operation yeah, yeah yeah i read that that they got it down to like two minutes mm-hmm. you know to go because yeah if you're thinking the like the sun is coming like we are going to die we which is their only this. real enemy yeah. yeah we have to mm-hmm. get this as fast as possible and yeah definitely and it obviously helps that you know three of these actors had already worked together on aliens mm-hmm. um lance Henriksen, bill paxton jeanette goldstein so they already came with all of this history yeah so they're just so like the family unit is very tangible, yep. you know, it's very tactile, you know, it just, it feels, cause they've all just went through a horrible thing with aliens in space, you know? So here they are again, you know, it's, uh, and you believe, yeah. and you believe it. You yeah, believe it. Yeah. Totally by. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's so much history there, right? As soon as you see them without needing any, you know, exposition or, you know, you don't need them all talking about, Oh, well I'm 150 years old or I'm mm-hmm. this or I'm that. Yeah. You, know, you get these little hints, obviously with Jesse saying Civil War. Um, that he fought for yeah. the South yeah. uh, and that we lost. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so you get you get hints of how old they are. I wonder, I would like to know how old May thought she was, like the actress, like going in going, okay, I'm 50 or I'm 60. Yeah, because you know? she had been turned for four years because he asked her, when have you seen, when was the last time you saw, you missed the sun? And she's like, oh, I haven't seen it for like four years. I don't even remember anymore. Oh, yeah. So that makes sense but, that she's very new, fresh to the Yeah, because Homer, it's been a long time. Yeah. Severin's yeah. clearly been a long time. Also like Bill Paxton is yeah. such like a fucking national treasure. Yeah. And, and, yeah. She, and, and they get May, farther and farther away from their humanity. And, and yes. May is like definitely still the outside outsider in that family like she's the only one who doesn't quite fit mm-hmm. into their into their madness yes. and so bringing in Caleb it's like it's literally what what Homer did to her but like it's oh, her, totally. it's yep. for her to have that kind of connection of like I can usher you in the way you know in the way that no one did properly mm-hmm. for me and you know work it work in that way but like the unit you know without May all of that is in, is beautiful and yes. how they interact with each other yep and you know exactly who they are and what their roles are what their roles are exactly absolutely yeah Uh, so uh, today's uh, outside source uh, on our works cited page uh, is uh, Sunlight Through Bullet Holes written by Tammy Oler Catherine Bigelow's Near Dark is just as revealing 30 years later this was published October 2nd 2017 Uh, so a couple years Um, but I really love this um, analysis of it and here's where we do the fright school thing so when uh, this is direct quote when Near Dark hit theaters American politics media and pop culture were preoccupied with demonizing urban poverty. Conservative politician raised the specter of welfare queens and crack babies to point to the decline of urban families. Media overrepresented black Americans in depictions of poverty. Films ranging from Lean on Me to Robocop to Colors portrayed inner cities as dangerous, gang-ridden hells. All of this exploited and contributed to fears that poor people of color in in urban cities were leeching off hardworking, tax-paying whites in middle America. But Near Dark imagined that America's real vampires were poor Southern whites who saw themselves on the losing side of American history. Near Dark tapped into the -the below-the-surface fears that poverty and decline could harm whites in middle America and that the infected are all the more monstrous because they don't look like what you'd expect. Um... delicious (laughs) delicious delicious analysis Uh, you know talking about um, you know Jesse being the embodiment of the antebellum south who subsists by sucking the lifeblood out of the working and middle class people including the very few people of color in the film uh, that he and his family encounter Uh, you know these are hungry living mouth to mouth monstrous embodiments of poverty Mm -hmm. Uh, you know so often in vampire films hunting food involves mystery and seduction but in this it means exploiting the kindness of others uh, like with with yep. Homer um, and that you know poor we're just a poor family traveling you know help us you know <laughs> entirely prescient for today's times yeah ah. yeah exactly yeah exactly exactly looking at this in Trump's America yeah what an articulate analysis I yeah, love oh, that that's 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 why I love doing this show because we find the coolest oh, like amazing. things that people you know are looking for in horror and yeah you do look at like you know Reaganomics and everything that you know was kind of going on at this time yeah. frame and we're definitely living in a time where instead of 
pointing to uh, uh, disgustingly wealthy rich people is the problem. <laughs> uh, it's extremely poor working class people are are the monsters, and I thought that was a really kind of a cool read. Um, yeah, thoughts that's, on that. Yeah, that's <laughs> also I, I was also thinking back to the sort of other vampire thing interview with the vampire is something where it's like they both they're both wealthy mm-hmm. yeah. white men, and to sort of think about affecting that demographic and and also the fact that they're, I think it's um, Phoenix area in this, but yeah, desert, everything's dirty, everything's sweaty, everything mm-hmm. there, but, but uh, white lower class people. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think, cause even, I mean, lost boys does it, you're not really sure. I mean, they're all like too cool for school to yeah, really yeah. know. <laughs> Because so, yeah. that's like the beautiful, everyone's beautiful in yeah. that. Beautiful, this, very glam. Very glam, yeah. like, yeah, where this is like. Adores, rock star. Yeah, you know. and they feel like real people. Like yeah. the, the, the family feels real. Um, and, oh my gosh, I love that. That is a great way to to sort of describe it. That, that you haven't thought, I haven't thought about. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it just goes back to what you said in last week's episode, where it's like people who are just like, "Oh no, I can't watch horror." I'm like, "You're missing a lot." You're missing, yes. You're missing so much, and it's like one of it's it's the genre that you can actually do. You can actually speak in these really vast fables and metaphors, mm-hmm. be, but it like re- have it speak directly to things that are happening right now, or be completely timeless the way this is, yes. where it's like it's still going on. Yeah. These are still things that are happening. Yeah, yeah, we're still very concerned um, with with these with these ideas. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I love that. Yeah. It's just awesome. But sit here and be blown away by I know, uh, right? By, <laughs> Such uh, a great analysis. Tammy Oler's uh, analysis here. Yeah. Everyone you know, should read that. that. And that is the kind of the cool thing about horror, you know, that it functions as a way to process cultural anxiety, you know, and you think people grow up like, you know, I, I think like we talked about it on the show before, like we saw a rise in like the torture porn films in America, especially right in the, in the wake of nine 11, mm-hmm. you know, you feel so attacked and, and so yeah. there's no way to process So you want vengeance and you want revenge and you want to see it, you know? And, and so you, we make these extremely violent horror films. You think of the atomic age and then you have movies like Godzilla yep. and, and things that come out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And them and, the, and like our fears, you know, or all the saucer movies during, you know, the cold war and our, our invasion anxiety. And, yeah. and so, yeah, vampire movies, zombie movies, uh, always seem to, to play to those like Republican Democrat po- political conversations. Like what kind of world are we in? And you know, right now we're like ripe for like, you know, either somebody to do a remake reimagining of this because we're, we're so concerned about the lifeblood being sucked out. I know they tried, yeah. but twilight kind of killed that. Oh yeah. Thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah. Well also I was thinking about this and maybe another reason I didn't think about it at the time, but near dark, uh, maybe because I come from like lower slash middle class family mm-hmm. in the Midwest where yeah. there is so rural, there is like like those scenes, even though they're more in desert landscape, like those scenes of fields that they're mm-hmm. running. Like, yeah, it's like, Oh Farmland. yeah, I yeah. absolutely get this and understand this. And also the, uh, survival aspect of like, we will do what it takes to mm-hmm. make to, mm-hmm. for our family to survive, I think is also like, you could argue that with, with any family, but I also think there's something in the Midwest where you're sort of always looking out for your family and do what you got to do to take care of them. Even if there's trouble or even if you know, like law local law enforcement, maybe getting away with some things because they know you and, yeah in these Absolutely. little communities, like being able to protect yourself, like, you know, that's sort of an interesting and you spin on it. And also like, I went to a teeny tiny high school. I knew everyone in my high school. It was that small. I sort of know everyone's business. And yeah. <laughs> <so it's> like, <laughs> that's why I went to get away from, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It's like, like that. It's like, I don't want to know everybody's business uh, <laughs> in that sense. And then now I want to be a therapist. So, you know, maybe I do want to know everybody's business. <laughs> um, but I think that's a great uh, observation and, and looking at, that's why it's, I love talking about these movies is like looking at them now. Like what yeah. does it look yeah. like in 2019? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. What translates, what yeah. doesn't. Mm-hmm. And the archeology span of horror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, uh, it's it still uh, absolutely holds up and is so relevant and yeah absolutely has would something you, to say. Would you would you touch a remake of this if somebody brought it to you? Like, hey, we want to oh, redo man. this. I don't think so. <laughs> there's would, just yeah. <laughs> there's there's there are some things that exist out there that I would love to remake, um, but there are certain things where it's like it'd be nice to to just let it exist yeah, as it, it is. Yeah. Um, 
to leave it's it. It's such a time note. capsule. Yeah. 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 Why mess with, you know, if it's not broke, right? Yeah. That, and that's the thing. It's like we, we, yeah, there's movies that they've done that with that have not been successful. And I was like, mm. can you just, can you just let it be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this this is not one of. There was lots of other things. I was like, why don't we take a bad movie and make it good? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is not one I'd want to. I'd want to touch. Um, but and I, there's so many things I want to ask Catherine Bigelow about if I ever if I ever meet her about this movie and so many other movies she's worked on. Um, I have so many so many questions as a filmmaker that I that I have for her. Um, and maybe one day I'll get to do that. But yeah, I love well. Near Dark. It's huge. Left a huge uh, impression on me. And as yeah. a filmmaker, no, it's uh, a it's a fantastic, yeah, uh, fantastic little movie that, yeah, definitely. Thank um, you for suggesting has it. Earned yeah. Oh, of course, cult of course. status. But uh, yeah, the other movie was Fright Night. So it was Fright Night and The Lost Boys and The Near Dark. And oh, yes, just yes. I think by then people, you know, maybe were. I don't know either. Exhausted. I don't know. It just it wasn't as big of a hit. Well, as these these vampires aren't glamorous. Well, that's yes. true. Yeah, yeah, they're not yeah. glamorous. There is they're something gl- to be yeah. said for that. They yeah. feel very real to me. Yeah, like I feel like I. Have new people throughout my life that were similar yeah. to them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I've known a Severin or two. Yeah. yeah. And also, it's a it's absolutely. a love story at its core. I think it's a family love story. I think it's obviously between um, May and Caleb. There's a love story there um, as well, which is just exploring it in a totally different light. And also, there's a threat yeah. there to mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, of course well, <laughs> yeah. Well, again, yeah. Thank you for uh, yeah bringing this up. And uh, Joe's one you'll watch again. Yeah, I love to watch this again. <laughs> yeah, I actually can't wait to watch it again because you know you're watching and you're like making notes and trying to think like what's this movie about and what can I you know how can we be intelligent about it. Uh, <laughs> and one of the, and so. another thing that made me think of it is I just recently watched a double feature of Near Dark and Jennifer's Body. Oh, yeah. um, oh wow! At okay. the New Bev, yeah. Oh. So they had both on 35 millimeter. They were doing a um, I believe it was like a Catherine Bigelow, a little bit of a retrospective. So they. They showed Blue Steel. They showed Strange Days. They showed Near Dark. Um, I think that was were all the ones. I may be missing one, but um, they had a double feature of those two and huh. seeing them back to back. And also, anytime I can talk about um, fellow female directors, yeah, I want to take advantage of that. Absolutely, so. yeah. No, we definitely we try to pump it. Like, did you know about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, again, we thank you so much for uh, joining us. Uh, Satanic Panic is out now. So if you yes. have not yet seen it, you need to rush to the theater right now. Uh, just came out last Friday. So rush to your streaming service. Yes, yes. do it, do it. Local theaters, <laughs> video, v- video on demand, digital HD. Please check it out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Joe. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. Listening to the Geekscape Network.